The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. All ideas expressed are opinions and property of host Dr. Dory Lynn or the Center for Relationships, Sexuality, and Spirituality, LLC. It's time for Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Your host is Dr. Dory Lynn. Age and experience are an asset, and Dr. Dory has put together experience, stories, some great guests, and connections with you front and center for a fun-filled adventure. We invite your participation as well. Now, here is Dr. Dory Lynn. Okay, this is Dr. Dory Lynn, and you are listening to Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, and Spirit. And uh, as you know from listening previously, I hope we have named this show Mindful Matters because I do believe how we mindfully think about things does matter. I also think that the important things in life are love, sex, and spirit. Yes, there's politics and finances and all the other stuff, but we are not dealing with that. We're dealing with what is the soul of human beings, I believe. And today, I have a special guest. All my guests are special, but I have someone who I respect, uh, value, know personally, And I think she is just a wonderful, wonderful person to share what we are going to talk about, which is ageless sexuality. And remember, at any time, if you have a question, comment, positive, negative, curious, whatever it is, you can always call 1-888-346-9141, 346-9141. I'm going to take a little bit of time to introduce my guest, Joan Price. She'll tell you where to find her. Joan calls herself an advocate for ageless sexuality. She's been called other things, too. Some of them are senior sexpert. I've been called that, too, but Joan's up there around my age the beautiful face of senior sex, wrinkly sex kitten, I don't know who called her that, and she says her favorite, the woman leading a sex revolution for seniors. Joan has been writing and speaking about senior sex since 2005. Her books include, and I'm going to name them because they're important, Sex After Grief, Navigating Your Sexuality After Losing Your Beloved, and that one's going to be out in August 2019, The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, How to Maintain or Regain a Spicy, Satisfying Sex Life, her most comprehensive senior sex books, sex book, and Naked at Our Age, I love that title, Talking Out Loud About Senior Sex. She is the winner of Outstanding Self-Help Book for 212, 
from the American Society of Journalists and Authors and 212 Book Award from American Association of Sexuality, Educators, Counselors, and Therapists for Better Than I Ever Expected, Straight Talk About Sex After 60. Joan's spicy memoir, Celebrating the Joys of Older Age Sexuality. Uh, I going to ask Joan to tell you a little bit more about how she got into this whole arena and some personal experiences she has had both recently and in her world speeches and travels. Welcome, Joan. Well, thank you, Dory. What a lovely introduction. I'm honored. Not quite speechless, but close to it. Well, you can't be speechless on the show, but no, you not know on I'm- radio. You know that I mean every word of it. Um, Joan, would you like to, would you be willing to tell our audience how you, at the age of now 75, got into this whole arena of ageless sexuality? I'd be happy to. Um, I was 57 when I met the love of my life, who was an artist named Robert, and he was 64. We had such an extraordinarily extraordinary relationship, not just sexually, but also sexually. And the sexual part astounded both of us. Um, we thought, wait, we never knew it could be like this at our age. Why is this a secret? Where are the people talking about this? Where are the books writing about this? And we couldn't find anything. Just about everything we found about sex and aging was um, was doom and gloom. You know, you're on the decline. Um, who'd want you? And if they do, it won't work anyway. Go play bingo or cuddle your grandchildren. And we looked at each other and said, well... The world needs to know that sex in later years can be wonderful. So he said, well, you're the writer. I had already been writing about health and fitness for many years. He said, you write your own. I said, all right, I will. So at age 61, better than I ever expected, straight talk about sex after 60 came out. I was 61 years old, um, and the reception was astounding. They were in two camps. There were those that said, thank goodness someone's talking about this, and they rushed to tell me their stories. And then there were those who said, would you please shut up? They put their fingers in their ears and went, la, 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 la. We do not want to know about old wrinkly people having sex. Shut up. You know, Joan, I'm going to just interrupt for for one moment because my own experience when I wrote uh, Sex for Grown-Ups, was very similar. And I did some uh, pre-groups to try and get a sense of what the issues were. Yes. And I found exactly the same thing. Did Half you? the people kind of would smile secretly, this lovely, sweet smile, yeah. as if, oh, have we got a secret. Yeah. And the other half would look and say, and say, are you nuts? What are you talking about? That was precisely my experience. Yeah. It was with my focus groups. It was um, it was wonderful, actually. 
<laughs> yeah, wasn't it? In in my case, it wasn't 50-50, though. It was about 85% people saying, thank goodness we're talking about this. And only 15% that said, shut up. Those 15% were quite loud. But then we became louder. So it was all right. It balanced out. Absolutely. Uh, and you've, you've been quite an advocate, as I know, uh, for continuing the dialogue. You and I have belonged to some of the same organizations and have talked about this. Uh, What has made you go on? I do know that, sadly, Robert passed, and this became uh, your career. This became my career really right after Better Than I Ever Expected came out. I thought that would be my one senior sex book. I mean, I'd written a book about senior sex, what was left to do. But what was left was all of these people who would come up to me and they felt that they could confide in me because my book was so, um, was so personal and so uh, divulging of my own issues. They thought, well, then she's been in my bedroom. I'll, I mean, I've been in her bedroom. I'll, she can be in mine and let me tell her what's going on for me and what's preventing me from having great sex. So I realized at that point I had a mission. I had a mission to find out the best information for my readers and to disseminate it. Instead of just celebrating senior sex, which I thought was enough, no, not enough. What, what, what needed to happen next was to dive into those problems that people are having, show them the options for meeting the challenges, and help them enrich their sex lives. And from there, then, it became a huge mission. It really changed my life. And I was at work on Naked at Our Age, talking out loud about senior sex when Robert died. We didn't yet have a title for it, but we knew a lot of the points that would be in the book. And I say we because Robert would come to me with little scraps of paper where he had just jotted down notes of things he thought needed to be in my next book. It was it was so beautiful. He'd be in his studio painting and he'd go, oh, wait. This needs to be in Joni's book. And so he'd stop, put down his paintbrushes, jot a little note, rip off the piece of paper, tuck it in his pocket, and bring it home to me that that night. So it really felt like this was um, not only, even more than a joint effort, it was the embodiment of the kind of relationship we had that not only were we very sexual and enjoying our sexuality, but we cared so much for people who needed the kind of information that that I could provide. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the sexuality uh, was a major piece, but it was also part of a total communication and sharing, which if I am correct, which seems to me the very penultimate kind of good sex, not the only kind, because I don't want people to think they have to have a partner or a magnificent loving relationship. But in your case, you were privileged at not a young age to have a totality of an experience And the sex was part of the expression of that. Am I correct? Exactly right, Dory. I couldn't have said it better myself. 
And then after Robert passed, you decided to continue. Well, at first I was incapable of doing anything. And I know you know what that kind of grief feels like. I do. I was so deeply and profoundly in grief that I just couldn't see the way out. And there was one time, and I don't remember how many months after Robert's death it was, I was walking down the street and I heard Robert's voice as clearly as I hear your voice right now. And it said, I don't want to be the reason you're not doing your work. That's so touching. Oh, I I just stopped in the middle of the sidewalk and tears flew down my cheeks as they're starting to right now remembering it. And I thought, I... Did I make that up? That's not how I would have said it. That's how he would have said it. And so I took that as a as a message, a very important and loving message from him that he wanted me, despite the grief, maybe because of the grief, to get back to helping other people, to get back to the work that made me feel that I had a purpose in life that it wasn't just the lack of what was in my life right now, it was the fullness of what could be in my life right now. I haven't quite said it that way before, Dory, so thank you for enabling that. Well, thank you for sharing that, and while we just have an, a, a conversation going, I do want to remind people that I'm with Joan Price, who is 75. I am shortly turning 78, so we are both... Women of experience. This yes, is we not are. strictly book learning. I like to say we are sageless. Not only <laughs> ageless, but sages. <laughs> and if you wish to talk to us, and none of us, I know not Joan, not myself, have come to our knowledge and our ideas easily. Mm. This is a lifetime of effort and work bumps in the road, and overcoming the bumps in the road. That is part of successful, wonderful, zesty aging. So if you have any questions, please do call 1-888-346-9141. 1-888-346-9141. And you can talk to Joan, you can talk to me, you can talk to both of us. Please, Joan, go on. Okay, so I finished Naked at Our Age. It was a very powerful experience for me. And the book itself uh, was, I was so proud of it because it was not only my ideas. uh, It had about 125 reader stories, people telling their their issues and a little of their backstory, what was going on for them, and 45 experts from different parts of the sexuality field uh, answering their questions. I was so proud of that book, and that was the one that was my award winner. You, you enumerated the award, so I won't do that again, but I was very, very proud of that. And As you thought, should be. And then I thought, okay, now I'm done. I have two books about senior sex, but I wasn't done because also occurred to me, what would erotica look like if it was written by seniors about seniors? 
and not just people with an arbitrary chronological age slapped on, but actual seniors, senior characters who had the kinds of problems we do that interfere with sex. I mean, from the obvious, I can't get on my knees because my knees hurt. I can't do... Uh, uh, manual sex as long as I'd like to because my wrist has arthritis. All these things that interfere in a little way or in a big way. So I invited erotica re- writers who, these are professional writers who wrote erotica, who were over age 50 and they weren't that hard to find. And I invited them to submit stories for a book that became Ageless Erotica. And I don't know if you've read that one, Dory, but it is just so much fun. I have not read that particular one, and we will come back to it. I'm getting a message here that we need to go on a break. So please, when we come back, stay with Joan Price, who's talking about senior erotica. And I do want to talk about the word senior because I have a question about that. And Dr. Dory Lynn, and we are both well into our 70s. So we think we know what we're talking about. It's time for a break. 1-888-346-9141. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Dory Lynn's latest book, Sex for Grownups, reveals the truths, lies, and must-tries for great sex after 50. Now published by Simon & Schuster, this book shows that no matter the age, sex can be a wonderful experience. But there are efforts that need to be taken. Read the book, try some of the suggestions, and live a happier life with better sex. Right now, for a limited time, mention Voice America and get 20% off the book when you email Dr. Dory at drdory.com. That's D-R-D-O-R-R-E-E at drdory.com. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to lead up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your hosts, Colleen Biggs and Dee Daniels, speak with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You are listening to Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit with Dr. Dory Lynn. We want to hear from you today at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to drdory at drdory.com. Now, back to Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Again, this is Dr. Dory Lynn, Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit, with a colleague and wonderful teacher, educator, wonderful woman, Joan Price, award-winning author. And we left off on erotica. And once we can wind up erotica a little bit, Joan, I want to get to the word senior, because I personally have a distaste for that word, and I will tell you why. But why don't we deal with erotica first? That's a lot more interesting. (laughs) We can do both. Okay, so Ageless Erotica is a collection of hot, steamy stories about, I'm going to say seniors, but you can fight with me about that later, um, about people over 50 or 60 or 70 and beyond having great spicy sex, but acknowledging the challenges, working in their workarounds to the challenges and making it a part of the sexuality rather than we could have good sex if we didn't have arthritis, if we didn't have to take medications, if this or that, um, or if it didn't take so long to get aroused. Instead of that, it's Here's how we incorporate everything. How, here's how we make it work. And those stories are really sexy. So I invite people to look that up, Ageless Erotica. I, I agree with you. And in fact, in my book, I have a, an entire chapter, which is called something like um, Illness, Schmillness, What Difference Does It Make? And I have all <laughs> kinds of little sol- solutions and suggestions about what to do. While we're talking, though, I want to tell you a very interesting experience that I had with a client and that I discussed with you once, and I know it was educational for me. I had a client who had not had sex for a long time. He was uh, with an ill wife, and um, they really couldn't do very much at all. The illness had taken over their life. And then he started to be active again, and he couldn't have an erection. Mm -hmm. And we went to urologists, I spoke to urologists, and we spoke to all kinds of sex experts, including you, Joan, and uh, none of us could figure it out. And I had an insight, and this is where there is such a meeting between the mind and the body, because I do think how we think about sex and how we think about communication matters. In his case, I just said, you know, I do not agree with your doctors. I don't think this is in your mind. Now, I cannot tell you what is wrong, but I think you have a genuine physiological problem. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. So he went down to Mayo Clinic, which has a special division, within 10 minutes. And this is what was so interesting, because he had been to so many specialists. Within 10 minutes, they just 
they discovered he had a venous leak. Oh. He could be as aroused as he wanted to be ever, but his penis would never sustain the blood flow needed mm-hmm. to hold an erection. So he did opt for a painful surgery that he says was well worth it. I'm not sure he thought it was well worth it, right? immediately afterwards. But I have always thought of that story because I learned something. I knew what it wasn't. Yeah. I just didn't know what it was. And that's where we people involved in trying to change thinking and sharing and educating do need to work with medical professionals and not just always standard medical professionals, but to never give up. Because as far as I'm concerned, sex and good life has no expiration date. It's not like the milk bottle, you know, where it says... That's right. I say that all the time, too. Right. So I interrupted you on that, but I wanted to tell you that story because I remember calling you and several other colleagues and saying, what do you think? And none of us knew exactly. We just knew what it wasn't. Yeah. And we had well, to go... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I um, I emphasize this working with your medical professionals with every workshop I give. And I give workshops uh, on many subjects related to senior sex. And in every one of them, I teach them what I call my medical mantra for how to talk to your doctor and how to get your doctor to take your sexual concerns seriously and to run whatever tests are necessary until you do find out what's going on. And your example is perfect of that. One person after another said, well, I don't know. And I would guess that some of that was ageism, that some of that well was, well, look at him. Why does he even care about that anymore? And then you got to the right person and the right medical professional who said, okay, I'm going to run this test. And look, here, we've got the answer. We can fix this. Yeah, we need to hold out for that. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. But how seldom it happens, that's the part that's terrible. Well, people, there, you know, there is a prejudice, I believe. Oh, yeah. And there is ageism. And people themselves and people in the medical profession need education, need the same education that you are so generously sharing, that um, there is no end to vitality, zest, sexuality of all kinds. That's right. If you feel sexy, you can be sexy. Mm -hmm. And if you want to feel sexy, you can. Yes. And I need to put in here because I always want to make a point of this. Sex is anything that brings you sexual pleasure. It is not only penis and vagina penetration. So many people think, uh, I can't have sex because PIV, which is our shorthand for penis and vagina penetration, because PIV doesn't work for me anymore either. I can't maintain an erection or I I have too much discomfort or whatever it is. Or I'm too dry or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. There's so much that we can do sexually. I mean, yes, there are things to address the problems. 
if we want to have PIV. But my point is that that's not the only kind of sex. That's just one kind of sex. There are so many other ways to have sex. My most popular webinar, in fact, is Great Sex Without Penetration. That one has had the most viewers. In uh, Indian tradition, in tantric sex, it's actually a high honor, as you well know, to practice having loving connection without orgasm. And the longer you can have that connection, Americans don't, in our fast food, quick fix society, our Americans don't usually think of it that way. But in the East, as you know, Joan, this is considered uh, something that takes discipline and work. Yes, but what I'm not what I'm talking about isn't not having orgasms. It is having orgasms, but it's not having orgasms through PIV, where yes. by the way, most women don't have orgasms anyway. I don't know about most women. The statistics on that are kind of well, icky. the statistic that I hear repeated all the time is that seventy five percent of women do not orgasm through uh, penetration alone. If they get clitoral stimulation at the same time, they can. But with, uh, with just penetration, it's only 25% of women who can do that. And I suspect it's even lower the older we get. Well, I'm not sure about that, but I don't think it's very important. What is important mm-hmm. is that sexual pleasure doesn't have to involve PIV and really doesn't even have to involve orgasm. If you feel sexy, you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. But I also would would support people who want to chase the orgasm because that's I, pretty wonderful too. Well, one of the things that I have uh, said on this program and that I like to speak speak about quite frequently is having an orgasm is actually a health additive yes. because when you have happy hormones running through your system which is what an orgasm does it's very hard to be depressed it's very hard to have suicidal thoughts and it's very hard to be angry and while we're talking about ageless sexuality. One of my concerns is the young population, which we know is having less sex than ever before, but we can leave them alone unless you wanted to follow that. Well, there's something I do want to say about young people. It's not on that topic exactly, but uh, last month I had the pleasure of traveling to the Netherlands. And when I was there, I spoke to an audience of 100 young people, university students, at a university in Nijmegen. And these were students who were mostly Dutch, but they were from many different countries. Uh, Some were German, they were French, African, many different countries, because this university is really an international university. I was talking to them because of a uh, sex and psychology course the, the instructor had invited me. And I was talking about sex and aging, but then I veered from the topic a bit to tell them some of the things that I had learned through my 75 years that I wish I had known at their age. 
And one of the things that I told them is that I wish I had known that just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it failed. That what we get, what we learn about ourselves from every relationship that starts out one way and then maybe ends bad and so we move on to the next one. We take those lessons with us and at a certain point, maybe we're ready to be in the right relationship, the one that's really healthy for us because we've had to go through making some of these mistakes and had to go through realizing that even if a relationship was good when it started, at this point in our lives, we've maybe outgrown it or maybe we've changed or maybe we need to go in another direction. And the students were very, very quiet hearing this. Um, Later, we got lively again, but I recently got an email from a young woman who said she was in the audience, and hearing that gave her the courage to break up with a a relationship that was bad for her. She said, before I heard what you said, I thought I was failing because I wasn't making this relationship work, and the less he tried, the more I I tried because I thought it was my responsibility to make it succeed. And that after she heard what I said about relationships and not staying in one that was no longer serving you, she said, I had the, I felt I had the power to, to break up with this guy and I want to thank you for what you do. I, oh. um, I, I think that is such a wonderful story and just dovetailing on that we have a couple of minutes and then we have you for a little bit longer and I know you have to leave I recently in fact I posted it on Facebook just a little bit I also I received a letter from a young woman who said how in this world with such pain Mm. how can I risk loving and my response was couple of things. I said, one, how can you not? Yes. How can you not? How can you and not? The only prerequisite for loving deeply is the ability to sustain pain. Life is going to guarantee pain. Life is going to guarantee loss. And the way that you build an armor, an inner armor, an inner strength to sustain through those losses is through love. And loving others, I think, is even more powerful than being loved, which young people don't know a great deal about. And it seems to me, Joan, that with age, you know, we used to get put out on an ice floe like the Eskimos. (laughs) With age... I think we have a responsibility to do just what you are doing and is to speak out, to mentor, and to educate the very things that I know I wish I had known when I was younger and that nobody spoke to me about. So what a wonderful story that is that you've just told. Well, I love what you just said, Dory. And, you know, it makes me think 
so many young people don't know that we have wisdom to share that's relevant to them. They, they, they look at us in our wrinkled states, as beautiful as our wrinkles are in our eyes, they look at us and they say, well, they're too old. They can't possibly know what we're going through. But the fact is, we have been young. They've never been old, but we have been young. Well said. You know, when my, um, my youngest daughter was about eight, and you know the way children just kind of talk about something and then they go on to something else? She looked at me in the middle of whatever she was doing, and she said, Mom, do old people still do it with a kind of wrinkly nose as if, yuck, how could they? <laughs> and I looked at her. I said, yes. And do you know how it happens? I said, God or nature or whatever you want to call it has a wonderful methodology. As we get older, our eyesight dims a little bit. Our ability to feel changes and sense things. And somehow it all works out. And she looked at me. She said, okay, and went on to play. And (laughs) I have never forgotten that story. Which, when we come back, since I know I don't have you for too much longer, I would very much like to go back to the word seniors. So, before we stop, uh, I'm with Joan Price, a wonderful, wise mentor, educator, and you can call at 1-888-346-9141. Joan, please stay with us. I'll do that. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Dory Lynn's latest book, Sex for Grown-Ups, reveals the truths, lies, and must-tries for great sex after 50. Now published by Simon & Schuster, this book shows that no matter the age, sex can be a wonderful experience, but there are efforts that need to be taken. Read the book, try some of the suggestions, and live a happier life with better sex. Right now, for a limited time, mention Voice America and get 20% off the book when you email Dr. Dory at drdory.com. That's D-R-D-O-R-R-E-E at drdory.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit with Dr. Dory Lynn. We want to hear from you today at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Dory at drdory.com. Now back to Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. This is Dr. Dory, Dr. Dory Lynn. I'm with my Wonderful guest, Joan Price, award-winning author, who is going to tell you a little bit about her next book. But while we were on the break, I mentioned to Joan that uh, I had planned to retire. And I now, instead of saying I'm a failed retiree, say I took a bit of a sabbatical and I have come back refired filled with energy and thought, and that's how I'm doing the show, because there's so much to talk about. So we talk about refirement instead of retirement. And the other issue that I wanted to mention with Joan is I have a personal dislike for the word senior. Joan, maybe you can help me. Callers, maybe you can help me. And the reason I don't like it is I think it doesn't mean anything anymore. We tend to lump people age 45, 50 to 100, 110 with the same terminology. And we are not. No differently than we would not lump a two-year-old as a 10-year-old. We might say an infant, a toddler, a uh, pre-teenager, a teenager, but we don't lump them all with one term. And I think as times have changed, we are the pioneers that my generation used to seek. So I don't like seniors because I think it still has a holdover from how seniors used to be fluffy grandmothers, which of course some of us are. I'm a grandmother. Uh, But we used to not have the vitality and the sexuality that Joan and I are talking about. Joan, do you want to chime in on that? Sure. Well, I certainly understand what you're saying, and I agree with many of the things you say. However, I think we can take that term seniors and make it mean that vibrant age group that we are in. We don't have to say, just because we're using this word that others have used in a negative way, that it's a negative for us. Um, You know, sometimes I say that I talk to boomers, seniors, and elders, because I agree, we're not all the same. But if we want to have one term that encompasses everything, I think seniors so far is our best bet because it's understood. You see, when I... um, When people find me, when they find my work because they have never heard of me but they're looking for what I do, they will do a search on senior sex. 
So I need to be visible as someone who represents senior sex or else my work is being done in a vacuum. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense. And I think we can parse that out some other time in both ways. I have started to use the word sage, S-A-G-E. When I first used it about 20 years ago, people looked at me and thought it was similar to parsley, sage, and thyme. Um, And then I found out, I thought I was so brilliantly innovative, only to find out that Rabbi Zelman Schachter had written a whole book about sage. And I think that it depicts the mentoring that I think we offer, Mm -hmm. that we are vital and alive and we have so much to offer younger people, just Mm -hmm. as the beautiful story you told in the Netherlands. So however we get to it, we can get to it that way. That's my my thinking. I know that you wanted very much to talk about your latest upcoming book. Would you you please go ahead? Yes. My new book, which I've been working on all year and which comes out in August, is called Sex After Grief, Navigating Your Sexuality After Losing Your Beloved. This is a book I could not have written when Robert died in 2008. I could not have written it five years later. I really could not have written it until this year. Uh, it, it's intensely personal. I talk about my grief journey and how I, I had these many attempts to try to figure out what, well, what does sex mean for me now? What is it I'm, I'm able or willing to do? How do I not lose this part of myself? How do I know when I'm ready to become sexual with another partner? And what will that look like? What will, would that be? A, n- a new love? Would that be a friend with benefits? Would that, what would that be? And so in thinking about this and figuring out you know, why, why aren't we talking out loud about this? I mean, so much of my work is why aren't we talking about this, whatever topic it is. And in this one, I went through dozens of grief books and some of them are really, really good. But you know what one topic was that they almost never mentioned at all? Sex. And often if they mentioned it, it was in the form of a warning. Um, You can't be trusted to make the right decisions yet. And I thought, wait a minute. We, We were sexual beings before we lost our beloved. We don't just have to lose that entirely but how do we keep it how do we regain it what is how do we act what do we figure out how do we know so i invited other grievers as i call them people who have lost their partners to send me their stories Uh, So similar to what I did with Naked at Our Age, except that it's much more my story, plus um, dozens and dozens of, of, of little excerpts from stories from a number of other people, and a few uh, tips from professionals also. And that is my new book, Sex After Grief. And I'm so thrilled that it it was hard to write. I cried through a lot of it, but I also laughed through a lot of it because I realized, wow, this is 
this is what we need to understand about this. So while, we don't have to all go through the same thing to figure it out. Well, while you're talking about that, uh, I'm going to invite you while on the air to, once the book is out, to come back and talk about it. And I do want to say that since at least 52% of people now get divorced, and I know I give workshops on dating frequently, that it isn't always a beloved that we lose and then grieve and then don't know what to do next, either alone or with a partner, because we are sexual human beings, even if we don't have a partner. You know, the old adage, lose it, use it or lose it is actually true, and that's a physiological truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in no way to negate the deep loss that I know you have been through, so many women and men are now within our age range and younger and older alone. And frequently they are terrified to love again, Mm -hmm. to be sexual again. Mm -hmm. The three-day rule doesn't quite um, count any longer. They don't know the new rules of dating. They don't know how to online date. And many, many people spend much of their life alone. And the one thing we know psychologically, as you well know, is community keeps people alive. Mm -hmm. Sexuality brings zest, brings physical benefit. It also brings happy hormones. It also helps to keep people alive and within community. So whether you've had the kind of very, very meaningful loss that you've had through a passing or people have gone through divorce or have been left, which they, which is very hurtful, of course, uh, as you pointed out with your young woman, uh, it is never too late, absolutely never too late. And grieving is part of learning how to move on. Would you believe, would you agree with that? Absolutely, Dory, yes. So if anyone has a question, Joan is still with me for a few minutes. You can still call 1-888-346-9141. And Joan, I'm going to give you about a minute or two to wind up, and then I'm going to throw a surprise zinger at somebody. Okay. So I want to tell people that to find out about my work, any of these things that interest you, the webinars, the books, and, and there's more that I haven't talked about, a film that's coming out in, in August too. Just go to joanprice.com, joanprice.com, and you'll find everything you need there. Uh, I certainly can recommend joanprice.com. I can recommend Joan, as a wise sage and senior, we'll put both of those in. And I thought I would do a surprise two-minute ending here, Joan, for both of us. 
I have with me my audiovisual guy, and he is in his 30s. His name is Chip. And Chip, what do you think of this conversation? Well, I think it sounds great that you're relating things back. I think as a guy in my 30s, the idea of getting older, I think the scariest thought is that you don't do the things that you do when you're younger. So I think that's really interesting. I think that's encouraging to hear. Thank you. Anything else? Sure. Um, no, I just I, I appreciate that there are people trying to trying to bridge any kind of, I guess, social gap between, you know, getting a little older and I guess the worries or fears that come from the unknown from my position in it. So, Thank you. You, you are so wise, I think, sometimes. And Joan, I was going to It's because to say, he hangs out with you, Dora. Oh, I think we teach each other sometimes. <laughs> That's always true. But I do think think there is uh, this bridging the gap. I think there is so much need for intergenerational discussion and conversation. I know when I've had the opportunity to lecture at a university, as I recently did at the College of Charleston, the young people who I spoke with were hungry for information and hungry to share their perceptions. And I think one of the wonderful things that you bring and that I bring is that we're not their mother or father. So they're far more open to talking about what is really on their mind. I was going to say one other thing that I know about you, and it's true about me. You are physically active. Yes. That has kept me. Yes. And I have been an advocate of yoga for about 40 years which has kept me, I believe, physically active. And we do know, I know from my research, that the single most important quality as we age is not what we eat, although that's very important, but it's to keep on moving. And it's that old adage again, use it or lose it. Joan, it has been a gift to have you on I am so thrilled. I hope you will come again. I would love and to. It, it would be my pleasure. I'm so delighted that we have reconnected. And you can find Joan's work at www.joanprice.com. Wonderful, award-winning author, speaker, webinar presenter. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Dory. Thank you for being a part of our show. Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be sure to join Dr. Dory Lane for another exciting show next week.